This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. Moldova has long been a black hole of money laundering, And then in 2014, they had a real shock when $1 billion, that's 15% of GDP, was stolen from the banking sector. Now, belatedly, the government's getting its act together. Last year, a stake was sold in Maib, Moldova Agro-Industrial Bank, the biggest bank in the country, to the EBRD, which has also bought stakes in two more banks. It now has stakes in the three biggest banks in the country. At the same time, the central bank has been given some real teeth to enforce regulation. Things are moving ahead. I sat down with Cornelius Muntenor, who is a special advisor to the president and in charge of strategic planning at Maib, to talk about what's going on in Moldova. So, Cornelius, good to meet. Um, nice to meet you too. Maib, what exactly is your position? So, my position when I came in Maib in December last year was the economic advisor of the president of the executive board. Then, during my uh, work there, uh, during three months, the president proposed me to take uh, the Department of Strategic Planning and Budgeting. And since one month, I am the head of the Department of Strategic Planning and uh, uh, Budgeting. Why? Um, Our last strategy was for 2017 and 19, so for three years. Now, in this year, during summer, this is the last year of our last strategy. During summer, we will have an exercise of writing the new strategy of MAIB, of Moldova Agrin Bank. And the which new, is the biggest bank in Moldova. Which is the biggest bank in Moldova that has one-third of the total market. And um, last year, in October, 42% of uh, our shares were bought by EBRD and this is the biggest shareholder. And EBRD now, why I'm saying about this exercise, because EBRD asked that the next strategy will be for next five years. So this exercise, beginning with summer till the end of the year, we will be in, the, in writing the new strategy of the biggest bank in Moldova. We, we covered this story closely um, when it happened, and it is sort of revolution. But to step back a minute, I mean, obviously Moldova's banking story has been one of money laundering, and then yes. you had this huge fraud, billion yes. dollars was stolen. So the reason why I was curious to meet you, it seems to me that you know, the, the, the billion dollar fraud was a shock. And Absolutely. And it seems to have actually spurred the country into actually tackling banking reform. And Maib has been the centerpiece of this, it's the biggest bank, and now you've got not just the EBRD, but Horizon Capital and a Latin yep. private equity fund yes. that into the bank. So it seems to me that um, you're throwing yourself into actually cleaning the banking sector up and getting rid of all these problems. To what extent is that true? Well, uh, I would say that's not true. Uh, why? First of all, a few arguments. Um, yes, banking fraud. And when we say banking fraud, we should divide banking fraud in two parts. One, this is one billion stolen. And the other is $20 billion ba- money laundering. So this is uh, mainly the banking fraud that we had. Uh, concerning the 20 billion, this is another story. They went through Moldova, through Latvia, and so on. So our banking sector participated in this, and this uh, um, we are not very glad of this. Uh, about 1 billion, 
I should say that uh, EBRD came in uh, Moldova Agrin Bank uh, with uh, uh, so this consortium of investors. They came uh, uh, to change the internal governance. They came to uh, begin a new era, a new step in the um, um, uh, in uh, the history of uh, Moldova Agrin Bank. Uh, you know that EBRD is present in Moldova uh, since the very beginning. They were in Victoria Bank. They they are in um, Mobius Group Societe Generale, uh, and they so they are in other banks. And they want to um, change this shareholder transparency. And, and this is interesting because uh, the two banks you mentioned, um, yeah. Subgen and, and Victoria. I mean, between the four top banks, you control something like eighty percent of bank sector assets, don't you? Exactly. And then the EBRD is now a shareholder in effectively the vast majority of the banking sector. But isn't this also a factor of reform because the EBRD has best practices, corporate governance, and absolutely. So is this not going to have a big impact on the way the banking sector is run? Um. I would say uh, it will because uh, now, besides EBRD presence, now from 2016 we began a new era of Basel III implementation in Moldova. So we were in Basel I. In Basel I, and uh, besides Basel I, National Bank of Moldova didn't have a lot of instruments to stop or to influence or to uh, intervene in the market. Now, in 2016, we've jumped from Basel I to Basel III, and now National Bank has a vast uh, specter of instruments in order to um, clean, in order to punish, in order to um, intervene when it's, it, it's, uh, it seems that something is not, is not good. So has there been a crackdown by the regulator? I mean, before there was these Russian companies and there was this game they were playing, we wrote about it extensively, that they would make a loan to a company and then that was used to secure uh, mm -hmm. the bank finance and then the company was bankrupt and effectively you cleaned the money by making this payment uh, and then it shot off into the EU and it was like, infecting the whole Western banking system because Moldova wasn't declaring or at least when it was asked to say who were the beneficiary owners it just wouldn't say anything. Um. I don't want now to tell somebody's guilty or somebody's not guilty because I'm not the judge, I'm not, uh, I'm not in the position. But I would say that uh, on, in that times, National Bank, uh, um, if I would say so, was not able to intervene or to early um, uh, determine um, or is it or is it not because now we have a lot of um, legislation adopted already for example the law on resolution we have, we have adopted it in uh, six in 17 uh, the law the new law on banking in 18 so these legislation these laws are all already working and these laws give gave the that instruments that were lack for national banks. So now I think, if you would ask me, is there any possibility to, for, for a repeat of banking fraud, I would say no, definitely. So the, the regulators got a new set of tools. Absolutely, and absolutely. Starting to use them. Exactly. So you think the whole like money laundering, laundromat um, is going to reduce now, but it's going to take some time? Is it worth the yes, uh, it, it will take some time because, you know, the CIS market, and uh, these countries, mainly from um, Eastern Europe, 
are very connected, still very connected with uh, with bad with bad money. Uh, and uh, but already we see that uh, uh, even at the level of institutions, I'm talking now about Republic of Moldova, even at the le uh, level of institutions, we have new institutions mainly focused on following each transaction and uh, stopping, freezing even, the transactions that are um, ambiguous, let's say so. And the business connections with, with places like Russia, which was the source of a lot of these problems, yeah. I mean, those remain very important. I and mean, Moldova is, despite its sort of European aspirations, yes. uh, remains part of the former Soviet Union. And the business that's done there, there's not that many foreign investors, some in the banking sector, of course. But the bulk of the business is still with Russia, isn't it? Well, uh, and yes and no. I would say yes, because still we have uh, business with Russia, yes. We still uh, uh, look like, um, let's say so, jealous because we've lost uh, the, the market. Because we had three embargoes from Russian Federation do, since 2007. And one from these three embargoes was full embargo for all our products. So this was a kind of shock for our exporters. They were not ready to reorient themselves to uh, European market. You know why? Because, uh, for example, if we take a traditional, uh, our product were wine. So Russian Federation or CIS countries are drinking wine. But this is not the same wine as the Europeans are drinking. Because Europeans want bottles, Europeans want uh, standards, Europeans want certificates, all that stuff. That uh, is not mandatory in, in, in exporting in the East. And the Europeans want dry wine. Exactly. Wine. And the sweet wine that is main, it's, it's not good. So our wine producers were investing a lot and this was a shock. This was a period of... Uh, I, I'm not afraid to tell you that it was mainly more than two years since they reorient themselves to, to be ready for, for the um, uh, European market. That's why now we have like um, uh, a diversification of our commercial partners. So yes, we still look jealous for for you for Russian market because it was huge market. Yeah, and Moldova wine has a strong reputation in Russia. A strong and reputation. Exactly. But still, we gain good positions on the European market. And this one billion dollars, if I remember correctly, Crow brought in and did a forensic investigation. Has any of that money been recovered? Yes. Uh, there are some money recovered. Um, each day, uh, Minister of Finance is publishing what percentage from is this one billion is recovered. Uh, the a lot of processes in the in the in um, in the legal uh, from the legal perspective were uh, open. Uh, I'm not sure now to tell you how what what is the percentage, but uh, the work is done. And uh, the citizens can follow daily what, uh, sure, uh, we, uh, you were saying, we are 15% of our GDP. And uh, you know why? Um, I was talking with some experts um, from, uh, from this, this kind of field that are uh, re uh, recovering money. And they were telling me that if you are, um, if you intervene, in one day after the fraud or, or, or this process is going, 
you have around 80 or 90 percent that you will recover the money. If you intervene in one week, you have less than 50 percent. It's already four years that passed. So we are not very optimistic about this money. I don't want to tell you this, I don't want to be pessimistic, but uh, this is the reality. And Kroll was doing investigations in different other CIS countries, similar frauds were in other countries. So I'm not optimistic that this money will come back. I'm very glad that we have those instruments and we open our eyes not to repeat that. And this is good. What about the banking sector in general? I mean, Moldova has sort of famously, maybe notoriously, uh, been very backwards and remains a very poor country, although it's overtaken Ukraine now in terms of income. But you were describing the, the bank's business, that the profits are going up very fast, um, that the assets are rising. Um, but at the same time, you've got a sort of political deadlock going on at the moment. And basically, everybody's sort of in wait-and-see mode until this is resolved. Um, so doesn't that hamper the reforms? Well, um, um, I, would, I would answer to this question in this way. Um, after that, this fraud, um, this, there was an injection of, of capital in, in the market because we had to cover this hole of one billion. Uh, this was a state intervene into the economy and uh, they issued state bonds for uh, 90 days, they issued state bonds for uh, one year and for three years and in 18 last year we had uh, for the first time in our history had bonds for five years issued by state. Well the interest for these bonds um, achieved 26 percent, yes. So uh, imagine a bank investing in state bonds with almost zero risk and you receive back 26%. So this is uh, mainly a business. Uh, you can sit at home and you can do nothing and you receive high profits. This is not healthy. I recognize that this is not healthy. I was working in the, in the National Bank in that, in the, that period and uh, this is not good. But we had to come from the reality. We had that reality, and we should we should uh, act in in that way. Now, banks, uh, state bonds are still um, with a high uh, interest rate, but uh, less than five percent. And now banks are reorienting their activity to crediting, because mainly the uh, the, um, the main activity of a bank is to credit the real economy. This is the the inter the financial intermediation. And if the bank is not doing this, so our uh, credit activity was shrinking um, for last two years. So we had a very bad situation in, in our loan portfolio. So the business didn't want to invest. There were no credits, just consumers, and, and, and this was bad. Now the, um, the tendency is uh, the, the credit uh, activity begins to increase. Banks... Uh, come back to normal activity of uh, financing economy. So stabilizing. Exactly. Then. Now we, we can... And what are the prospects for, I mean, you've you obviously got agriculture, viniculture in particular. I mean, what else is it that Moldova can produce um, that for export? Uh, we're an agricultural country. Uh, we produce mainly agricultural goods, uh, our main sector, and because in this sector are um, involved around... Uh, 
I would say 40% of population. Yeah. Uh, then comes uh, services, that is the biggest sector, uh, and then industry. Um, what else can we export? Besides this, uh, well, machinery, equipment, but this is the, not the main activity. And we are in labor, of course. I mean, the diaspora. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, so remittances are uh, about more than one billion uh, per year uh, dollars. That means uh, uh, a huge amount of money, uh, and this is just official data. And I have to tell you that we have uh, unofficial data that another one billion is coming in Moldova unofficially. So uh, this mass of money that is coming in Moldova, um, usually experts are very surprised when we say that we spend more than we earn. How it comes? Because of this money that comes unofficially. Uh, and that's why we, um, yes, you are right, we are exporting labor force, we are exporting human capital, because this, this capital is very well prepared, and uh, a lot of industries in Europe and a lot of schools in Europe uh, recognize our, our specialists. So last question, though, um, as I say, I'm seeing really a concerted effort by the government to clean up the banking sector. And despite the political deadlock, would you say that Moldova's turned the corner? I mean, it's been sort of flat on its back for most of the last 20 years. Do you think this is the beginning of a new phase in its development where the shock of the, the fraud um, has actually put some steel into the government to make some changes? Absolutely right. Um, ben, you know, I would say so. Uh, political uh, actors uh, recognize and um, they understood that you cannot play with banking sector. Uh, they understood that banking sector is one of the core actors in an economy. And if banking sector is not working, the whole economy is stopping and is going down. So they understood this. That's why they uh, gave these uh, instruments and they approved all this legislation and they gave the, these instruments to National Bank to intervene when it's necessary. They gave this independency of uh, National Bank because uh, there are some very small issues that I have to tell you uh, because uh, the decisions of National Bank uh, sometimes were stopped in the judicial processes. So National Bank could not do anything till the uh, judiciary will not decide. So. But the time passes, and and you and it's too late to intervene. So now uh, National Bank has hands free to to intervene in the market when it's necessary, uh, and National Bank feels this responsibility, and they agreed to to govern this this sector. Uh, there is another point of that uh, it's important to name that uh, we have the non-banking sector that is. Uh, increasing a lot. For example, last year they increased 42% in their credit and banking sector just six. So imagine this this competition. In, in another state, non-banking sector is not competing with banking sector. But in our case, um, those who are not eligible for banking sector, they go in non-banking sector and they take loans and nobody thinks about the indebtedness of population. Nobody thinks about that uh, these are bad loans, these are NPLs, and uh, nobody thinks about this, uh, this part of the problem. Uh, still, I want to finish with a positive mark that uh, in Moldova we, uh, we have a new strategy for financial education because we need it. 
and I, I was talking last year uh, about this because our population when it will be well financially educated they will analyze the, the, the banks they will uh, differently they will recognize those banks who are healthy who are strong and who are reliable and they will decide by themselves in what banks should they put their money in what banks are safe in what banks they have confidence about future thank you very much thank you thank you Ben for, for, for this nice discussion. <laughs>